went to college here, then Tuskegee Institute. While in college, I had a professor that I was really impressed with. He got me interested in politics. He was the first black uh, counselor in the state. Take a chance, have faith, my lad You got all of the same tools all the greats have had Maybe lesser than that Way back when I was putting on my football hat This institution came recruiting little root for the stats They sat me in the room with my dad And it was cool, but when they left I was glad And my pops was too He said as good as parenting Reminded me about that place that did them nigga experiments On them black people, sharecroppers down in Alabama Damn, it's not that far from Atlanta It was the 1930s, they did them black folk dirty because of tan A man was not a man, nigga, your granny wasn't grand A scam into the plan to go recruit a group of stupid Nickels and shoot them up with syphilis instead of shoot the killer. That's stupid different. The link that y'all trip to catch a nigga slipping and for what? Cause we look different. Uh, Coming at you live from the Duray Dungeon, I'm your host, that boy Coop, back with another regular-ass episode of the Carolina Kid Podcast Rewired. This episode is brought to you by Asher Ankles and Smelly Emery Backs. Subscribe to the Rash Intelligence Anywhere podcast and download it. Follow in the Rod and Karen Doctrine. Leave a nice five-star review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, and I'll read it on the show. Also, leave me a voice message and donate on anchor.fm slash datboycoop, D-A-T-B-O-Y-C-O-O-T. So, as you heard in the intro, it's a little different. That's because Nick got some updates, nigga. Mm, we here. So, um, just some housekeeping. Um, so there is a new landing page with updates, and this landing page is from Anchor, the host site, and um, basically that it has all of the links that you need. <laughs> to listen to this podcast in any shape or form possible you can listen to it on the landing page or anything of that nature so it's literally no excuse for you not to listen if you're not listening you're not giving a fuck at that point so um yeah it's every platform possible every platform every it like spotify <laughs> apple podcast google podcast like every and, and those are just the three big ones there's so many of them is ones i've never heard of before that i'm available on so there is no reason why you should not be able to listen okay and then also i've been accepting donations lately right um so they're turned on so please donate to support a black podcast man support the show um it can be 99 cents you know recurring monthly as low as 99 cents recurring monthly you can donate a dollar to my podcast monthly literally that's i i allow that amount and it can be up to as many as you want as much as you want it could be a recurring donation it could be a one-time donation it doesn't really matter um so yeah i know i know we we on hard times and shit i ain't really asking for all that much but hey a nigga need to get paid too (laughs) um so yeah um with all of that being said i also have a new wordpress site and that's up and running and basically um i will give y'all the url in the show notes but it's the carolina kid podcast rewired dot wordpress.com um has it's, it's another housing pretty much another place for you to go listen to it easily um you know there's many links for each podcast um outlet spotify apple podcast google podcast anchor the host site overcast breaker um 
and on the actual site um you can actually listen to episodes of my podcast up there um if you click on the link of the latest episode it will you know go to the next page and it'll bring up a player so you can actually listen to it there um it has information about myself and the show um the the many shows that i have right so having an entire network of shows and shit you know um hey and then i have a donate button on the on the site as well so you can support the show that way then you can send some p some podcast feedback via the website too if you want to you can add your name you can add your email you can add a message and it doesn't have to be your name you can put anonymous and you know um and email me and i'll, I'll keep it anonymous and whatever message you have i'll read it on the show um <clears throat> stay up to date with me you know um at the very bottom of that website you can get every new episode delivered delivered to your um email inbox if you just follow me via subscription uh, through email uh, at the bottom of the site and there's a follow button at the very bottom you can click on that link and it will take you pretty pretty much it will give you a a you know, monthly or weekly or just updates whenever i po post a podcast that way you can stay up to date on like listening to this podcast you know so um that's been the housekeeping that i've had so um <coughs> just to let y'all niggas know by the time y'all listen to this it will be my birthday week <laughs> a nigga will be 29 years old okay this is another reason why you should donate <laughs> give a nigga some money for his birthday so um yeah um i absolutely um am giddy as fuck that i'm getting close to 30 and i'm also sad at the same time that nigga you know <laughs> seeing like nigga fuck i'm doing i don't know i mean things are going really well in my life right just really well and um i'm happy um and turning 29 this year it's gonna be banging i ain't, last year i was sad as fuck okay nigga, nigga was like <laughs> i couldn't have no birthday <laughs> I don't even think I was podcasting as much at that time. You know, I was kind of taking a little break because COVID. Because <laughs> COVID, nigga. COVID. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I don't even know. I don't even remember. It's, it's been so many episodes later. But, um, yeah, we on episode 76. Yeah, we on episode 76. Shit. <laughs> nigga, y'all been. Hey, if y'all still listening, shout out to y'all. Still putting up my crazy ass. Um, But, yeah man um in the intro there was a song um by jid called skiggy um this song has been on repeat my nigga it's on on the repeat okay because it starts off with some dope ass lyrics from jid and then he starts really getting into the history of tuskegee and it's like oh shit and then the video is actually filmed in tuskegee um because it's weird like he was a he was a prospective student you know seeking a scholarship um football scholarship for his talents and um you know it, it's interesting how the history of tuskegee more specifically the, the evil 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 history of the tuskegee experiments in tuskegee alabama um <clears throat> almost almost 100 years ago um it was a quite quite ugly time in 1932 um so if for those of you who do not know i can run down the history because this shit ain't pretty this shit ain't pretty and i think people need to know it it's still black history month as of me like recording this it won't be anymore but black history all 365 what mcdonald say black 365 okay so um <laughs> so um 
there is an article here from the Washington Post um, that is entitled, I think it's come Retro Retropolis is, is the Retropolis is the subdivision of Washington Post that this article is being published under. And it, it is entitled You've Got Bad Blood, quote unquote, the horror of the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. So, uh, yeah, buckle up, nigga, because if you if you never watched Miss Evers boys, if you've never seen, you know, anything related to the Tuskegee experiments, I think people must know and they must be reminded of what type of evil this was because it did not just in it didn't just involve white people okay it involved other black people it involved other black people that were in on it as well so I'm a a so I have an article from the Atlantic I was gonna try to do the one from um, the Washington Post, but you know they had to throw their paywall up like some assholes. So this <laughs> this article is almost six years old, um, or almost yeah, like five years old. Um, so in the Atlantic, um, the article is entitled "A Generation of Bad Blood." New research suggests a strong link between the public revelation of the Tuskegee study and poor health outcomes for black men. The Tuskegee study is perhaps the most enduring wound in the American health science, known officially as the Tuskegee study of untreated syphilis in the Negro male. The 40-year experiment run by public health service officials followed 600 600 rural black men in Alabama with syphilis over the course syphilis. Think of syphilis over the course of their lives, refusing to tell patients their diagnosis, refusing to treat them for the debilitating disease, and actively denying some of them treatment. Whistleblowers brought an end to the incredibly unethical study in 1972, finally prompting the development of what would become modern medical ethics. But the lives of those men and many of their families were mostly ruined. Many men died from complications of syphilis and several of their wives and children contracted the disease. Motherfucker, you ruined entire families. Research has long suggested that the ill effects of the Tuskegee study extend beyond those men and their families to the greater whole of black culture. Black patients consistently express less trust in their physicians and medical system then the white patients are more likely to believe medical conspiracies and are much less likely to have common positive experiences in healthcare settings. These have all been connected to misgivings among black patients about Tuskegee and America's long history for, of real medical exploitation of black people. A newspaper details the health effects that the Tuskegee study had on black people. The work from Marcella Aslan of the Stanford Medical School and Marianne Wanamaker at the University of Tennessee provides evidence for a strong claim that by 1980, the public revelation of the Tuskegee study in 1972 had reduced life expectancy among black men by over 45 by over a year. The study provides casual evidence in a body of research that stretches back decade and it is a major revelation as new york magazine notes 
the main conclusion of Aslan and Wanamaker's work is that the Tuskegee study was responsible for over a third of the life expectancy gap between older black men and white men in 1980. But the conclusions extend beyond that and fit with a body of anecdotal evidence from physicians and, and patients. Disclosure of the Tuskegee study disrupted a slow convergence of black health outcomes with white health outcomes in the mid 20th century. Accelerated and erosion trust of trust in doctors um, and dampened health seeking behavior and health care utilization for black men. And it did so more for those who were more similar to the Tuskegee study, unwitting participants and those who were closely connected to the community of Tuskegee. And I think that was definitely in the back of Jid's mind when he made that beat. I mean, made that beat when he made that song. Um, but by, by the way, who, who's the nigga that made that beat? Hold up, <laughs> nigga that made that beat. Golly. When I say that nigga was snapping, <laughs> when I say that nigga was snapping, oh my god, like shh, that beat is fucking amazing. So I'm gonna go to Jid's Instagram because I don't know, I don't know, I, I ain't know who this nigga was again. I was like, wait a minute, he has worked with Jid before. It's like, am I tripping or like? So um, <clears throat> it's actually nope, nope. I thought it was, I thought that was it, and it's not. So. <laughs> What is that nigga name, bro? I need to know that nigga name, bro. Like, I, I, <laughs> so I'm gonna look it up, man. Jid. Cause I'm like, bro, I need to know. Like, you like, nigga, you take forever. <laughs> you take forever. I'm like, mm, this is, first of all, this is actually the first single from his album. Like, I'm like, nigga, nigga, this is amazing. Okay, this, this is amazing. <laughs> this shit is fucking fire, bro. Like, it's, I'm just like, bro. Mm. It's almost one of the moments where you know you were listening to like um Travis Scott, um Birds and Trap sing Brian McKnight, and one of the songs that people don't pay attention to um was the one with Andre 3000 featured on there. He was talking about Wayne Williams murdering all those kids in Alabama, in Atlanta. Like that's some real shit. Think about this. Big boy Andre would like round that age back then and that's why kids would not be going outside back then because of at least they thought was wayne williams you know um killing all these kids and you know molesting it, it's just a, t a ton of crazy shit bro like <laughs> this, this shit be wild bro so um yeah that song is important okay because it may not be as important when you listen to the song and then when you hear that verse you're like oh my god why is this song called Skiggy again? And then you hear the second verse and you like, oh shit. He's talking about the Tuskegee experiments. And to me, I think that is one of the scariest things to have ever happened to black people post Civil War Reconstruction. Because it, it's something that lasted so long over, it, it was a public health fiasco but of course they reeled black people in saying that they had bad blood because they were like yeah let's do this experiment and if you've ever watched miss Evans boys you know that that was the way that they had to like reel them in and black people were part of this okay because they were part of reeling the ones that were more skeptical in it's crazy it's fucking crazy bro like 
Ooh boy. Mm. It is a evil. It's just evil. It's just evil. It's just evil, nigga. Like I'm just all gonna say it's just evil. Um, but yeah, like that song is on repeat just because the sample and the way that it's produced really sounds like the ghost. It, it, it sounds like the ghost of Tuskegee's past. And it's eerie, it's dark, but it's really raw and real. And it's not like multi-syllabic rapping that some people know Jid for, but if you've known Jid long enough, he just was lyrically inclined for quite some time. This thing has been, And this shit could have been on like, um, Fab T-Rex Musicology, but I was like, bro, I don't know what to do with this. It's just so much black history on this. And typically, you know, a nigga be joking, saying some funny shit, but this shit just struck a nerve in me. You know, it, it was his song for Black History Month, and I think it was actually a single off of his album. So, man, this song was dope as shit. I can't stop playing it. It's just so dope. It's so dope because you're like, bro, this sample is fire, though. Know? Uh, but yeah so moving on um bobby schmurder out of prison y'all it's about fucking time nigga <laughs> gs9 uh. so bobby schmurder courtesy of gq who would have we <laughs> who the fuck are we thinking like gq would be talking about bobby schmurder ever in life first day out <sighs> i can't believe this shit this is this is crazy so um the Brooklyn rapper, fresh out of prison on parole, partied with childhood friends and rap superstars and talked to GQ about what he learned inside and where his career goes next. It's 530 and the rapper Bobby Shmurda. <laughs> it's just so weird seeing this in an article. Is finally shedding the last physical remnants of prison. We're in a high-rise midtown apartment with the gorgeous balconies, <clears throat> balcony views of the Hudson River. Like, <laughs> this shit sounds so fucking romantic. This this reminds me of that time when, like, <laughs> of that time when, like, 21 Savage was talking about going to an Eve St. Laurent show and shit. He was like, I am the Eve St. Laurent Don. I'm going to have an exquisite dinner, darling. <laughs> like, nigga was bougie as shit. Like, <laughs> I got a feeling like Bobby Schmurda is not going to be catching bodies no more. <laughs> like what what are those bodies i don't understand what what pleading filth you speak of <laughs> no like this nigga was talking about like getting into real estate you know what i'm saying like this nigga was like oh fuck rapping <laughs> you know he's talking to what quavo is it quavo was it is quavo you're talking to quavo he's like man fuck rapping i'm trying to do the, do that damn real estate <laughs> about do that damn real estate <laughs> he been in prison like uh, in, in upstate new york for forever okay forever like the fact that this nigga is coming home <laughs> it's so much shit happening this week and it's not even that big it's just like bro this is some wild shit bro like what the fuck <laughs> you know and um like like you know mad lib and katronada got a fucking you know what i'm saying mad lib and katronada got a fucking joint situation going on it's like a joint single it's not even an ep it's like a joint single is some wild shit bro like but he was working with Fortet, so it ain't even that far off. You know, I'm just saying, like, niggas is on a roll this week. <laughs> this, is, this, this is Black History Month. Whatever bad things have happened, some shit has has, has took a fucking 180. Because I don't I don't see nothing bad. This nigga is like Bobby Schmurder, like, fuck killing, fuck rap. <laughs> she like, fuck killing, fuck rap. I am I am doing real estate. Fuck y'all niggas. And, and, and shout out to him for that. Like, we need that. 
<laughs> like we need niggas to be like, hey man, I need to make this money legally. <laughs> and that's what he was like, I'm do- I'm trying to do this shit legally. Yes, yes, please, by all means. Goodness gracious. So um, before we go to break, um, I'm gonna, yeah, let's just go to break because this is going to be a long one. Um, <laughs> this 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 story is gonna be a long one and it's gonna require some work. So uh, I catch y'all in a little second. Um, so, uh, Deborah Wilson, um, I don't know if y'all ever remember Deborah Wilson from Mad TV. She was the only black woman and one of the longest running castmates, cast members of Mad TV. And, um, she dropped a bombshell yesterday, like big fucking giant, just glob of just juicy goodness of, (laughs) Of, of a tidbit yesterday like and it's some real shit and i think everybody should understand and hear what this shit is because niggas <laughs> niggas better know that hey deborah wilson was about her shit okay she was one of the most talented people on um mad tv honestly and probably one of the most talented people in like late night comedy like period I'm, I'm gonna say that if you've never heard of mad tv little children <laughs> mad tv was an offshoot of really not an offshoot i won't say an offshoot i'll say it's the spiritual successor to what in living color was because it was that damn good it was that damn good key and peel came from that okay you got key and peel you got deborah wilson you know you got aries spears you know you you got a lot of people who either are no longer you know known be afterwards or there are people who have completely parlayed their careers into something much bigger because of mad tv and um deborah wilson to me was like the most talented human up there like she was multifaceted as fuck and uh she got a bombshell y'all i think y'all want to hear this so here it is so, so with your time at Mad TV, a lot of people, you know, would, would see that come to an end after a successful eight season with you in particular. What what would lead to that that decision for you? Um, I recognize that um, there are people who came in after me. I was a tenured uh, a cast member from the beginning, from pilot, and um, and people were coming in after me, making more than me. Mm. Wow, wow. Hold up, hold up, hold up. And when I realized that there was, you know, white male cast members who were coming in after me, making more than me, I went, okay, can we talk about this? And the answer essentially was no. Mm. Wow. Really? So I'd hit essentially um, what I wanted to do and what I wanted to, to create on that show 
did not hit a glass ceiling, but when I was told that all the things you want to create and be on the show has a, a monetary value and we don't value it as much as the new people coming in, that's well, when I left. Well, uh, oh, well, damn. Um, so basically, they were like, yeah, we know that you worth a lot, but we're not going to pay you. <laughs> what? Like, Deborah Wilson could fucking sing up. A- Nigga, if y'all ever ever know anything about Deborah Wilson, please go look up her Oprah impression. Go look up her uh Whitney Houston impression because she could fucking sing. Okay. Um and they were still like, nah, you really not worth it because you a black woman. What? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with y'all? Not gonna play the black woman? Not not, not gonna pay her because she a black woman, but she like the most talented person on set, period. Point blank. Okay. What was that? Was it, was the ceiling with the white men, or did the black actors make more than you? Male male ones, or the white women? Was, was it just white men were high and the rest of them underneath that? I I don't know because oh. the, I, the reason you don't is because it's technical and legal. Right. So I only got wind of one person. Okay. All Specifically, right. one person, and so it was like, okay. I heard that. So I don't know. I didn't. You know, I can't speak for everybody else, and I didn't need to to try to find out because that's illegal. Right. But when right. I caught wind of someone else, and I knew right. that it was a specific number, and I knew what my specific numbers were, and this person came after me, I was like, okay. And then I, I said, listen, is I'm not gonna name names or do anything, but with what I'm bringing to the show and what I hope to continue oh. to do, you tell me I'm financially I'm hitting a glass ceiling, and it was like, yep. Let, let, let me ask. Just I just want. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. So they were like, yeah, we're not gonna pay you no more, bitch. What? no more and that's the problem when people find out how much people get really really getting paid and it happens and you like what the fuck this motherfucker ain't doing shit and he getting paid more than me you know and um that's what happened deborah deborah was like the fuck new person came in white man get paid about the money way more okay like shows like mad tv it's an ensemble like everybody is getting paid should be equally honestly because everyone is contributing and it's an entire ensemble that's contributing to this entire show it's not just it's not the it's not the this person show or that person it's mad tv nigga (laughs) and they was like nah bro nah b (laughs) you go sit over there and do your little skits b (laughs) over there and motherfuckers was like yeah you go do that shit and she was like no <laughs> no why she like she was like i'm quitting and i was like yeah i'm with you somebody knows you guys have no name but how much more does someone make does someone make like 50 percent more that person makes 50 percent more than you or 10 percent more than you like how close how, I'm, I'm gonna put that yeah pierre i love you but i'm gonna tell you that's irrelevant and the oh. reason it's irrelevant to me is it's not about just dollars and cents. <laughs> that nigga tried that. Devaluing, or what I felt was the devaluing of what I'm bringing to the table and can continue to bring to the table. Because eighth season was not a matter of, well, you know, we need to negotiate Deborah's contract or we're going to let her go. Or, you know what, we're not thinking about bringing her back. Because at that point, when I started Mad TV, up until season eight, name another black woman on the show. I'll stop you right there because you can't. I was the only black woman. By that time, by season eight. The only black woman on the damn show. <laughs> not, 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 not one of the black women on it. No, the only black woman on the show. And you saw this shit with damn SNL. And 
they they called Lauren out and they was like, shit, you better you better get you better get this shit working or you better get to stepping. <laughs> and nigga was like, um, <laughs> um, um, Leslie Jones. <laughs> you know? Like, they was just like, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, bro, you a white dude. Put black women on the show. There's like there ain't no black women. I'm like, for your skits to even be good, you're gonna need black women, okay? <laughs> Your skits to even be remotely good, bro. You gonna need black women in that motherfucker, <laughs> but they don't give a fuck. They don't care, bro. It's it's all too common, and this shit got me going. Like, <laughs> seems about white. They have changed white male cast members sometimes, right. black male cast members, right. and white female cast members. I was still the only original black woman on the show. Right. I, I, I had some value, and they're saying, yeah, but. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna not value the creative aspect of bringing you on and, and and giving you money. However, we value you because so far we haven't seen other black women who do what you do. So, so, so you're like, we're on. So your financial value would be like- So, 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 wait, wait, wait. So they value her enough. It's like, we value you to keep you and, and to pay you some money, but we don't value you enough to be paying you all the money. <laughs> it's just like, bro, like, she been up there the whole time. She the only cast member that stayed up there. <laughs> y'all ain't, y'all ain't kick her out. Y'all ain't fire her or nothing. Like, uh, y'all have, y'all been having her taking an L? Oh, hell no. As long as I met his criteria, I'm, that, that would have done it. So say he made $100 you made 50 so they gave you 75 that was enough you want to be the same thing that he had because you value that was we're all doing but we're all doing the same thing we're all bringing right. all of our shit to the table exactly my thing <laughs> is this we're all bringing it to the table and even though the contract was not favored nations, favored nations right right even favored though it wasn't favored nations once i hit a peak there wasn't even a negotiation to raise oh, it to match somebody else i'll say it again there wasn't even a negotiation. They ain't even negotiating. Raise where I was, let alone to match someone else. Damn, damn. Yeah, oh, that's I'll, tell this, I'll tell you this, Pierre. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this, Miss Symphony. Had they just said, you know what, Deborah? We're gonna raise your salary. It won't match his, but we are gonna raise it. I would have stayed. Damn. <laughs> I'll be damned. <laughs> A nigga be damn. <laughs> they was like, yeah, so um about your money, <laughs> you're not gonna get paid as much as you're supposed to be paid. That's that's stupid. That we're supposed to be getting a bargain. You're a black woman. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> the fuck is wrong with these niggas, bro? Man, somebody should have swiveled on one of their asses. God damn. Shit, that that shit made me so damn mad. I'm just saying, like, really? <laughs> That's that is caucasity. That is there is that is the only way you can define that. That is a white person in power going like, yeah. So, uh, no. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So, um, no. <laughs> and she like, I'm doing the same thing everybody else doing, and you gonna pay me less? <laughs> Shit. Hey, I don't even know no more, man. That's that that be the bullshit. So, um. Speaking of more like great things that have been happening in music and in black culture, um, technically these two Asian American Pacific Islander individuals, not a hundred percent, but there's they are both of that descent in some ways, um, and of that experience. Um, Anderson Pac 
and Bruno Mars are making a joint album. And of course, I had to get the the, the, the damn article from the root because ain't nobody like us. <laughs> Tanja Renee Stidham. Tanja Renee Stidham wrote this article, nigga. If you don't, if you don't, this is greatness, okay? This is great. From Uptown to Worldwide Funk, Bruno Mars, Anderson Pac, and Bootsy Collins made an album. Wait a minute, the Bootsy Collins threw me off. <laughs> wait, wait. Baby. That Bootsy Collins? If so, nigga. <laughs> You talking about like drinking crushed up orange sunshine in the back of, of, of the alley during a James Brown show, um, fucking Boozy Collins. Um, I want to be with you, Boozy Collins. Um, <laughs> damn, Parliament Funkadelic, Boozy Collins. Okay, um, rubber band, Boozy Collins. <laughs> Nick, nigga, I'm sorry. I just got, I just got side swiped by, by a new inch of information. I just, I just saw that the article had them two in it and then they threw they threw Boosie in there and I said oh I, ooh, I, ooh. hold up I'm dizzy alright so <laughs> hold up so it's Friday and I'm at work from home but I'd rather be with you actually I kind of am hey readers of the root I have some great news to end this week on there's an actual body of work featuring Bruno Mars Anderson Pac and Bootsy Collins, the latter of whom is listed as a special guest. So it's not really like fully, he's not fully on there. It's called An Evening with Sonic or Silk Sonic, which sounds delightfully smooth. Hey, let me be real, real with y'all niggas. That sounds like fire, okay? <laughs> we locked in and made a full album. The band's called Silk Sonic. First song drops next Friday, March 5th, the day after my birthday. Bruno wrote on Twitter. <laughs> Bruno wrote on Twitter on Thursday night, causing the entire Twitter timeline to transition into psychedelic bliss. Yes, yes, y'all. This may be the peak funk album of modern times. Because both of them niggas funky. Both of them niggas funky. Anderson Pac, funky. Okay. Bruno Mars, funky. And, and, and I be damned. It just, it's got to be Boosie Collins. So, funky. <laughs> funk, nigga. I'm going to review this album on Fabulous and Rex Musicology, okay? Best believe that shit. This shit is going to be reviewed <laughs> on that, okay? And that album, shit. When it drops, if I if I don't review it, bug the fuck out of me, okay? Because I am going to, <laughs> and if it sucks, I'll let you know. But if it hits, it's going to hit. And about 80 to 90% is telling me that it's going to hit, okay? I love me some Anderson Pike and I love me some Bruno Mars. And, of course, the legendary Boosie Collins is fucking phenomenal. So I'm going to be listening to this, and this is going to be part of that whole shit, okay? Seriously, pretty much everyone was geeked. As Bootsy's Twitter bio says, it was spreading hope like dope. Shit. Don't, don't be playing with my emotions. <laughs> don't be playing with my emotions. I'm going I'm to I'm be like, ooh, 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 ooh. So yeah, I'm 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 gonna hear that. Um, I'm gonna go listen to it. Um, I gotta chill out because my heart's starting to palpitate. <laughs> Niggas starting to palpitate. So our last and final piece of our episode, last article, final part of the episode. New Morehouse College program encourages black men to complete unfinished degrees. Cause let's be honest, black men don't be finishing our degrees like that. Okay, 
black women, we they finish all the degrees. They are like the most educated, like subset of any class. Okay, <laughs> like of of any of any demographic, of any demographic, black women are the most educated by far. It's not even close. So um, <clears throat> let's take a look at this. Let's see what kind of program they got going on here. So straight from NPR, new Morehouse College program encourages black men to complete unfinished degrees. Um, more than 2 million black men who pursued a higher education never finished their degree, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. The reasons range from college affordability to family responsibilities to military service. Morehouse College wants to help them reach the finish line. Starting this August, the historically black men's college in Atlanta is offering an online program with reduced tuition for men who have already earned some college credits. That's amazing. That's am that is amazing. Morehouse College President David Thomas got the idea for the program while attending alumni events not long after starting his tenure there in 2018. It almost never failed that someone would pull me aside and say, is there some way I can finish my degree? I feel this amazing connection to Morehouse. It did so much for me. But for one reason or another, they never actually got their degree. Thomas told NPR's All Things Considered, he said the program's flexibi flexibility will allow students to set their own time clock, nigga. For when they complete their degrees, students enrolled in the program no longer need to be on campus to earn college credits and don't have to stick to their regular academic schedule or calendar. So um, the school will charge about $600 per course. That's a lot. Credit. Like per course credit. I was like, nah, 600 bucks credit. Shit. That's the damn. Cutting the cost for online students by about half. Damn. Wow, that's expensive. I ain't know that was expensive. <clears throat> Thomas, thinking of his brother who at age 57 went back to school to pursue his degree, said this opportunity opens up new avenues for older age groups as well. The new program also offers a launching pad for future advanced education opportunities, he said. For individuals deep to deepen their education and go to graduate school and professional school. Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. Whew. Hey, and um, I'll have all of the new links and new updates to um, this podcast and the site that links to this podcast. Um, the donations now being available. I will put all of that in the show notes below. Please visit the Sia Collective website and the Sia Collective Instagram for new updates on dope-ass black-owned threads and shoes, man. The Greenwood Bank's website, go to Greenwood, you know, bankgreenwood.com. Please go if you want to, you know, be part of a black bank and help a black business at the same time. And as always, thank you. Thank you.